I'm rolling as well, but is this like the finals? Like, is this the final? I'm just making sure. Like, I've started to roll, but I'm prepared for the finals. I'm just making sure that this is actually the finals because I'm prepared for it. Unlike some people who I thought I was going to watch in the finals, but I don't think they're prepared for it. Yeah, there's a, a, there one person in particular who really thought that they were prepped for the season finale of the challenge, War of the Worlds 2, and they weren't. And that sound you're hearing, dear listener, is Sheldon and I loading up our verbal handguns because we are about to fire some shots. Wow. Wow. No, I, I, sent, I think I sent you a text message that just said, wow, what did I just watch? Because <laughs> I'm so confused. You did. How did that you happen? Did. Let's introduce ourselves, though. I am John Shidley Hill. See, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> My name is Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. This was tonight's episode because we're filming it. Just, or filming. We are recording just like an hour after the episode aired. We actually watched it live for once and I live tweeted um, the first half of the finale, which did not go as I expected, didn't go as you expected, certainly did not go as your man Polly expected. Off the top, we have a bit of a recap of where things are at. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, I really love that five of the six members of Team UK are not British. They have... Sorry, there's only <laughs> there's only five members on Team UK. There's only Four five of, of the yeah, five four are not five. British. Because we have three Americans in CT, Tori and Jordan, and an Australian in D, and then Rogan is the lone representative of the United Kingdom. We have Leroy talking about how he has been on 11 seasons of the challenge and has not won. He, of course, is on the American team, which has six players? Seven. Seven? I'm bad at math. Six. Seven. 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 They have Ashley, Cam, Ninja, Kara, Zach, Leroy, and Polly. Um, well, supposed, supposed to be, be Polly. Oh, this is going to be a long episode for Polly. <laughs> Speaking of him, wow. he and Leroy are having a conversation, and he's talking about how he believes that Zach, Jordan, and Tori have overtrained, that they came into this season already in like finale shape. Whereas he used his time in the house to peak at the right time. And, you know, at the time, I was intrigued by this. I thought it was an interesting point (laughs) about the different strategies to stay in shape in trying conditions. And this is something I often think about with the challenge. And that is, they don't have the best gym facilities, right? They don't have, I mean, they sort of have treadmills, but those are hard on your knees and, you know, there could be a lineup. It's always hot. Uh, They don't necessarily have a full gym equipment and like an Olympic rack and all that sort of thing. Um, As we've seen, they have to do, you know, laps around the pool, but it's a tiny pool. So, like, I've always Mm -hmm. been curious. I also think, but I've always thought more importantly, when you're you know, training for something, what's more important is probably your nutrition. And that has to take a major hit going into the house because I'd assume you don't have much control over what you're eating. 
right? Like at home, obviously, you can go to the supermarket, you can go buy whatever you want and make whatever you want and eat as many times a day as you want, whereas food is provided for you here, right? Like, I don't think they go shopping and, like, buy. Like, maybe they do, but I'm just saying at the end of the day, you got roommates in the house with you, um, depending on where the house is located compared to the rest of the civilization. Can you even go get food? I don't know. But I would, but you know what I mean? Like just the fact that it's decided for you, that's not a good look either. Yeah. And that, and like, think of all the body types that are in there, right? Like a guy like Zach or Leroy, they're eating much different food than someone mm-hmm. smaller than like Polly or Ninja. And like Zach for and sure. Ninja, who do not like each other, um, are very. Uh, they're both very athletic and I give them both a lot of credit, but they both have very different body types and they're different kinds of athletes, right? So I'm yeah. always, I'm very curious about, you know, the different strategies. And so when the scene with Polly, I was really intrigued with what he had to say because I'm like, maybe. So hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. You were buying this? You were buying what he was putting Well, down? I was just intrigued by what he had to say because it's something I think about often is like, how do you cycle up for this essentially okay so here here's the thing because i was taking them in and i'm like oh that's a pretty interesting point and i swear to you this is not hindsight i honestly thought even if that is the case there's no way that i trust Polly to be that smart and calculated to actually figure that out in the way that he did where he's saying i plotted it out so that you know I would, I planned for week to week so that I'd be peaking right now at the perfect time. Like, even if that was the case and it was possible, right? Because I was, I took it in a way that you assume you're going to gain more weight just because you're not eating as nutritiously, maybe, or as nutritious as you would be outside of the house. So I took it as, you know, you come in all trim and cut and in like the best shape, but you're going to put on more weight inside the house just because you can't control what you eat. That's how I took it, or I that was my assumption. But either way, I was like, there's no way this dude plotted that out. That well, way. I also wondered how much of his strategy revolved around making sure he never saw an elimination. Because if you think about it, Tori and Jordan have had to do a lot more like physical things than anyone else, which is going to affect you one way or the I, other. I'm going to keep it 100 with you, John. I honestly think it was just something... That sounded good in Paulie's head, and he said it. <laughs> That's, That's entirely possible. It... <laughs> and I mean, I'm saying that now after watching the episode, right? Obviously, I'm saying that part now. But yeah, it just sounded good at the time. It was a good sound bite. He probably tested the material on <laughs> Kara, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, say that, say that." Yeah, I mean, I, you might be right. Like, I'm not going to deny it. But I was just... Oh, you mean... Hold on. You mean you're not going to no, defend Polly? No, I'm not. Polly? <laughs> I have to say, not defending Polly is probably the nicest I'm going to be to him tonight. Um, wow. But, yeah. but it, fair. in all totally seriousness, fair. like I said, it's something that I've often thought about. And hopefully the next time we get to interview one of the uh, regular contestants on the challenge, we can ask them about that. Because I, I'm intensely curious. Sorry, there's one other thing I wanted to point sure. out about that scene, though. 
because correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Polly say Tori, Jordan, and Zach? Yeah. Like, yeah. Am I wrong he there? Said, so you're chirping your own yeah. team? How does that make any sense? Yeah. Like, I need an explanation on how that makes any I, sense. Like, you're, you're obviously crushing them saying, they didn't plot this out. They think they're so smart. But now you're in the final, and Zach is yeah. on your team. I, I mean, we also don't fully know the context. It's entirely possible that uh, Polly was trying to justify wanting to get rid of Jordan and Tori. True. True. So That's fair. That's Zach... Fair. Let's, yeah. let's keep this Zach let's keep this in moving. confessional restates that he is angry with Kara and Polly because he believes that they have actually helped the Brits get better and hurt the US by playing uh, sort of a scared game um, by insisting on putting their alliance ahead of keeping strong players and basically he's saying like hey if we had Jordan and Tori on our team and got rid of, say, I don't know, Ninja and Ashley, although he doesn't seem to think badly of Ashley, but still, like, he's basically saying we could have had those two on our team and instead we're against them. That's basically his argument. And he's been exactly. making that case for weeks now. Um, yep. You're a producer. I'm curious. What did you think of that? animation of tj as an angel (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know how to i I don't know i was just kind of like hmm interesting i don't know i didn't really have like uh i was just like i don't know so sometimes you know you just let your editor cook they might say hey i got an idea like what if we did this or i was thinking maybe we did this and sometimes you might not really agree but other, but sometimes you just got to throw a bone out there, you know what I mean, and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't really have a a strong opinion one way or yeah. the next. Um, the, the rolling up on the dirt the bike ATV. Though, I felt like, okay. ATV, I felt yes. it was a real missed opportunity to play the Rough Riders anthem though. Right, like. <laughs> I don't. Solid I don't know about Solid you, but like literally every time I see an ATV, I, I hear the Rough Riders anthem, and I was disappointed that MTV didn't shell out that money to keep DMX. I mean, DMX has serious financial problems. Help a guy out, you know. It's true. It's true. And I mean, if you are of a certain age, DMX that was a movement. Like kids now might only know of DMX from seeing his mugshots on TMZ every three weeks. But, like, DMX was a – that was a moment in time. Like, if we think about what's going on right now in music and, like, we think Post Malone is popular, DMX was selling – he had, like, two, like, double platinum albums in the same yeah. year. Like, when people actually paid money for yeah. albums, not just stream them because I have a yeah. subscription. Like, DMX was a monster. Rough Riders Anthem, classic. Yes, he was, it's actually, you make a good point. It's really hard for those young bucks out there to understand how like in 1998, 1999, 2000, DMX was arguably the best rapper on the planet, even though his rhymes aren't actually that good, but he was the most popular. Like he was everywhere. That shit got me hyped though. Why are you speaking past tense? (laughs) DMX still gets me hype. (laughs) 
True, true, true. Fair. Uh, maybe Paulie should have listened to some DMX for this. He challenge. probably he probably should have. I I would have been rapping DMX as I did this challenge because that's who I am. All he did was stop and drop. <laughs> that's all he did. He did not shut him down or open up shop. <laughs> he just shut down. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. I could do this all day. So sorry. TJ explains what they have to do. They have to. There's four miles yeah. of trail, which they have to run four times. At the end of each, uh, like, four-mile section, there's going to be, like, a competition, uh, a stop, a challenge, however you want to phrase it. Uh, so a total of 16 miles while carrying a gurney with uh, sandbags that weigh 20 pounds each, 20 pounds for each member of your team. In other words, the American gurney is heavier than the British gurney because the Americans have more players. So the Americans have what? Two yeah, more so players, 40 more right? pounds. And TJ also makes a couple of important points. The first is that you're not allowed to interfere with the progress or the gurney of your opponents. The Correct. second is you cannot carry the weighted bags by hand they must be carried on the gurney if they fall off the gurney you have to put them immediately back on the gurney and you have you have to stop your progress put them back on the gurney and continue moving um, mm -hmm. you're allowed to switch out people at any time uh, no only, only at, at the, the checkpoints. checkpoints sorry my bad only at the checkpoints it's a key part that's a key that's a key part and I want to make the point as well because the United States is the only country that uses miles as a unit of measurement. Four miles okay. equals 6.437 kilometers. Um, as I think you okay. know, I like to do some distance running. So I can tell you that walking at a quick pace, four miles would take you, four miles, six and nearly a half kilometers, would take about 45 minutes of like, quick walking like double time walking yeah uh you can run the average person can run five kilometers or three miles in about 25 minutes right like the the average pace yeah. is for someone who's in good shape is um five minutes per kilometer so if we're talking about six and a half kilometers you can do the math that's about 33 minutes or so would be running like a jog yeah just yeah. just for people have perspective so walking yeah. yeah it's interesting it's a key point that you bring up and the other part was that i found super interesting you're talking about what you mentioned earlier thinking of it as a producer i was very much interested in all of the little things that they kept bringing up in the beginning right so the first thing was when tj said he gave some speech about I hope your entire team is comfortable with the decisions made because you will live or die yeah. with this team. And I thought that was interesting. Okay. But then you can also tell the punch-ins that came in and a punch-ins like an edit, right? Mm -hmm. So clearly TJ would have said things live, but then later on in editing, they might need him to voice over some other things. Points of emphasis, let's say, right? So you could tell keeping all the sandbags on the gurney was key they also mentioned if your gurney breaks you still have to figure out a way to carry all the gurneys 
carry everything on the gurney or you get penalized. Like, there are a lot of things. You can't tamper with the other team's gurney. Like, there are so many things that they just brought up, and I thought, okay, this means that some fucked up shit's about to go down <laughs> during this challenge. That's what I thought, and that's what I was prepared for. But instead, a lot of fucked up things went down with one member, which we'll get to. Before we'll get to. we get to the actual competition, I have to point something out. As TJ is, like, okay. rhyming off all the rules and conditions and situations, I noticed two things about all the competitors. First of all, okay, every single one of them looked the most fit that I've seen them, and it made me wonder how many days off they'd had. Because, oh. like, some of them looked, like, a little uh, slimmer. Like, they'd clearly been eating healthier, probably hadn't been drinking. I just really? found that they didn't look, at least at the start, they didn't look like they have that drinking bloat. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if they'd had two or three days mm. to, like, detox a little, to focus up. They all just looked, like, a little tighter. Do you know what, though? It, it could have... Do you know what? It could have just been... A couple days maybe you know they got to rest but also it takes a couple days to set yep. up this yep. finale right like scout out the location what are we gonna do what can we do how much time can we do this in all that type of shit right so maybe the other maybe thing right. i noticed is they all already looked hot as fuck like they all looked already sweaty zach had his shirt like halfway rolled up his body and like some yeah, had Zeke, yeah, Elliott, yeah, the Zeke going. Elliott going. But, like, some of them already looked like they maybe hadn't sweat through their shirt, but that they were starting to sweat through their shirts. Like, they hadn't, beyond being on that truck and walking from the truck to the position, they hadn't done anything. But they already looked not tired, but hot. Did you notice that? I definitely did notice that. And once you got a glimpse, though, of what the challenge was going to be, who did you think was going to win? Like, did you realize that having more people, like, what did you think of that? Did you think that was a benefit or that would be a detriment having extra people? Um, I, well, I, that's a good question. I think that before we start, I think that if I were the producers, knowing that imbalance, mm -hmm. I would make day one benefit one team and day two benefit the other. Correct. Yeah. So totally I feel that. like totally having, I think that this first day was actually set up to benefit the Americans having people that they could switch through. Yes. But it didn't I agree with really that, pan out that way. But like on the surface, I was like, uh, the thing I would say about the Brits is that I have the sense that aside from CT, the British team is generally closer to the same height, which I think is helpful. That part is true. I didn't. So if we get to the act, like once a challenge starts, to me, I, I could tell right away how the US team messed up. And you could tell they didn't really have much of a strategy either. Yeah. Right. In terms of how they were doing it. And and that's really where they messed up right from the get go, in my opinion. And I, hey, I don't know if that's right. This is just me. I don't know. I was so confused by it. Like 
you have extra people you can sub out at each one and if you're gonna assume who your weaker people are you can plot it out so that you're only subbing out ct or zach and that's it and then you have your next strongest people on it together do you know what i mean and when they started they had zach and leroy at the back sorry i said ct and zach i meant leroy and zach but when they started they had leroy and zach at the back those are clearly your two strongest people so clearly as you just pointed out in terms of height and strength now you have your strongest people at the back holding that up and now it's slanted for the people in the front yeah it's a big problem like the weight distribution makes no sense I don't know. Although CT, I don't think, has the stamina of a lot of these other people, CT is probably the strongest. I'm talking, like, not pound for pound, just, just like, pure raw, like, doing a bench press or, say, a shoulder press, which is essentially what they're doing. Him or Leroy, I think, for sure. Like, he just has so much horsepower that it's fine. It would probably be fine that he can carry the back by himself and then you have two people up front carrying it or even three people up front carrying it. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. No, you make a, you make a good point there. And the one thing that I, I thought going in that might help you having less people, it just means you have less decisions to make, right? And so like menta- your mental is already set like, okay, I got to carry this out. And the assumption's already made that Tori and D are just going to rotate, right? So if you're Rogan, you're mentally prepared that, hey, chances are I might have to do this whole thing, right? Like you're mentally prepared instead of the flip side of that, which, you know, let's say you're carrying it and you have way more people in the back of your mind. You're like, well, I just need to get to this next point because then someone else can carry it. But maybe that someone else yeah. sucks. Maybe that someone else isn't strong. And that mentality might have been a, a factor here. I don't I know. I think so. But let's get into the actual thing, how it went, how you thought it, it kind of went down. I mean, the UK team got out early, and we talked about the strategy in terms of who was carrying it first, mm-hmm. right? And it's they had Tori and Jordan in the front, right, with uh, CT and Rogan in the back. And if you go to the U.S. team, they had Pauly and Killicam in the front. And then in the back was, as mentioned, Leroy and Zach. Now, this is what I'm talking about in terms of your strategy off the front end. They have to have some idea of the stamina of everyone around by this point, no? Yeah. So, did it make sense to have Polly go right away? Right? Like, you have Cam go because you're sure that Cam is your strongest female. But if you know that at some point you're going to split up Zach and Leroy, wouldn't you have Polly not go first? I don't know. I, and, hey, maybe I'm, I'm thinking hindsight here, which definitely I am because I'm probably taking any, <laughs> any turn to take a shot at Polly. But I don't know. It just seemed really weird off the front end. And I think the mentality of the UK was just better off the front end as well because they weren't really as stressed out about who's passing who, 
who's cutting who off. They were just kind of like, we're going to go at our pace. We're going. We're moving. And, and that's I think one of the big differences, and I, I will say, I knew this was going to be an issue. Like, I think I even mentioned it last week. The Brits are way nicer to each other and more positive. 1,000%. And early 1, on, the Americans were, like, positive and supportive of each other. But, like, bare minimum, you knew that Zack was going to get mad at Ninja. But also, yep. there's a lot of other combustible elements on that team. Kara, Polly, well, Ashley. Like, those people are all capable of going off. Even Leroy and Cam, if, like, the circumstances are right, can, like, really lose their cool. But Zack versus Ninja, obviously, was going to be a problem. Um, eventually. And, and frankly, we didn't really see it as a problem in this episode. But the Brits... Nope. really had the right attitude early on they get to the first station first it's called uh i actually didn't catch the name what was the name the name of the yeah. coconut toss i don't know I don't they know. had a they had these uh catapults and they had to launch three coconuts into a basket using this catapult basically immediately jordan and ct are like we got this they have their teammates <laughs> loading it up and they're just sort of like slamming it down with their hands. Despite this, Zach immediately, when the Americans arrive, leaps onto it at first before they realize that they can just push it. <laughs> I just want to say, Zach has incredible ups. Like, did you see how high he got? Yeah. Honestly, I was super impressed. Like, really, really impressed. And... I was just like, first off, I thought it was a little extra. Uh, the challenge was called level leverage mm. up. I don't weak name, but anyways, um, the one two things here. One, as you mentioned, CT and Jordan kind of like, don't worry, we got this. The other benefit of the UK team is there's a clear hierarchy in terms of leadership, right? Like you know, Jordan is going to try to take take charge but you also know ct is well respected as well so in terms of the strategy it's gonna go through those two guys yep right and rogan's okay with that tory's obviously good with that and obviously so's d on the flip side you know paulie's gonna have something to say but you also know zach's gonna have something to say and they don't really get along first off that's your first issue then you just have spazzes that are not gonna help but think they're helping by talking up Kara, Ashley right like so the dynamic of the two teams is just another issue right away and as shown by Zach trying to do like a huge like I don't even know what you call that move <laughs> but it didn't really seem to work but then they quickly switch strategies and copy what the other team was doing and that seemed to work more and they weren't really that far behind after the first checkpoint. No, right? they were neck and neck. In fact, at one point, the UK got through the catapult section first, but the US catches up to them and passes them basically by bullying their way by, by like sort of, there's, you know, if you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing, as they said in Days of Thunder. <laughs> so hold on though. I think a key part to to acknowledge though is at this checkpoint once the teams take off one point we should bring up is 
who subbed in and who yeah. subbed out, right? Because I think this is going to become very important, especially as we get towards the end of this episode, because I didn't even realize something. I'm Actually, I don't want to skip ahead to that, what I didn't realize at first. I'll, I'll save that. But if you notice, at the one checkpoint complete, it's Tori yep. Jordan, Rogan, and CT. They're still going. They didn't switch out. D didn't start no. first. Right? So there's clearly some level of strategy there where the Tory's like, nope, I'm good. I can keep going. Don't worry. And this is what I mean in terms of did you plot this out? Was there any form of like any thought process actually calculated? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And what what do you think? Like, do you think that was the right move? I mean, because when, when the flip side now. I will. Sorry. I was going to say, I think that everyone knows, both the viewers and on the British team, that D is probably the weak link. So keeping her fresh and feeling mentally positive is very important. And I also think that what you were just saying about the Brits, it's so funny calling them the Brits when only one of them is British, but the Brits clearly have better communication among themselves they're not snipping at each other they're not snapping they're clearly talking about like have a rotation in their mind just like a lot of positivity among them a lot of like simple conversation of like hey i'm starting to feel sore next stop i gotta rotate out Mm -hmm. that sort of thing so the other part though is do you have a good sense of reality in terms of how you're actually feeling personally, right? Because it's one thing to have a strategy and be a leader and say, hey, you do this, you do that. But what about your own self-awareness? And I say this because, as mentioned, the UK team kept their same four people. The US team also kept the same four people. Mm. I only bring this up because we're charting what happens later on. Right, So you had the ability to switch out, and he didn't switch out. So it's still Zach and Leroy at the back, and in the front, it's still Killicam and Polly. And now we're at the spot that you were talking about where, you know, there's kind of a little, it gets a little NASCAR on Well, us, and you right? know what? <laughs> on, that, on the point that you just made, it also goes to show that it was obvious to you and I, and probably a lot of the listeners, if you killed it, that having Leroy and Zach both at the same end, like the backside, was not a good idea. Uh-huh. And yet, they, even though they were at, had the opportunity to switch, they did not switch. To, even to put Zach and Leroy, one at the front, one at the back. Similarly, the great advantage that the Americans have over the Brits is that they have more people that can switch out. But they're not taking advantage of that advantage also true very key point there john like that's a that's a massive point like what should be your advantage you should use it and the other part though in this is that at some point you gotta know yourself above all and know that hey i'm not gonna try to be the tough guy just because no one else subbed out like it's 16 miles it's a long go and so why you know, clearly it's a personal thing in terms of ego where you're just trying to keep up with everyone else. Yeah, no? I think so. 
So because nobody else subbed out, you're going to still do the same thing as well, yeah. right? And hey, the first time that it starts to go, you can already tell that Polly's breaking down already. Like before he really collapsed, it was already coming because there are some scenes where Cam is the one at the front and she's basically carrying it. I don't even know where yep. Polly is. Do you know what I mean? Like there are some random scenes where you could tell and it's like, wait a second, what what's really happening here? And again, if you just had the opportunity to switch out yep. and you didn't. So on their way to the second station, the Americans start to drop some of their weights accidentally, which speaks to what you and I were just talking about, about how they're not carrying it level or at a, a, an easy yeah. pace where they're clearly all over the place. Exactly. The second station is called Number Crunch. And essentially, every player, every competitor has a podium that has a math problem on it. And what they have to do is they have to read the instructions on their individual podium. And then across from them, it looks like, I don't know, 20 feet, there's like a chart of numbers. And I, I don't want to say a random order, but not in numerical order. And they have to, each team member has to do their own math equation before the entire team can go and move on. And one of the things I noted about this was that it's not just a test of math, because the math is actually pretty simple that they have to do. But it is a test of your vision and your concentration, and also your mental toughness. Because at this point, they have done eight miles, which is not just yeah. a great movie, but also equals 13 <laughs> kilometers so like at this i can't believe that took me a second when you said that it took a second like there was a beat before i was like oh i see what you did there terrible but like 13 kilometers and as i said we can estimate that they've been at this now for well over an hour and as you and i pointed out before they even began they were hot and sweaty so like dehydration's a factor mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of things going on in your brain. Like let's, like For sure. as much as I rag on Kara a lot, Kara, excuse me, Kara, I was confusing Kara. her with my cousin. As much as I rag on Kara. Hold on, do you rag on oh, your cousin? I give her the, That's not nice. I give her the, the gears all the time. Uh, um, <laughs> but Kara, I would be her in this situation. Like, I am not good at math. I failed grade 12 math back when there was 13 grades. Like, I'm not a math guy. <laughs> um, how would you okay. do at this competition, Sheldon? I think that I, I don't think I would do well because I think I would be so tired. And so normally what would happen, you know, like if I think back to sports, Right. Because everything comes back to playing sports. Right. And you think about there's been tons of times, especially the sport that you're playing, whether it's football, basketball, whatever. Right. Where you're dead tired, but your body, because of practice, your body is just reading and reacting and moving. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like your brain almost is just programmed to keep the muscle movements and it's muscle memory. Uh, here. Here's the example. Foul yeah. shooting. Right. Foul shooting is just muscle memory. So the key after every practice, once you're dead tired and you're doing the laps and all that, and you've done all the drills and you're dead tired, the last thing we would do 
is shoot free throws. Yep. Right? Because not, then when you're in a game and you're tired, no problems, muscle memory when you're tired. So to me in this, I think I would struggle just because it's not like I've ever been doing math equations while I'm but, tired. But right? notably, so, there was a montage okay. off the top of this episode where Kara was running on a treadmill oh, and Polly was giving her math problems to do. <laughs> okay, that falls into the same category as I was saying before, where that just sounded like something cool to say that they know would yeah. be in the show. I want to make the point at this moment that mental health is a really big part of this show. And we have seen Kara clearly struggling with her anxiety throughout this season. Because at least politically, it's very safe to say that Polly and Kara have been in the driver's seat politically on this season, right? Like, we agree on that. I think everyone agrees on that. Correct. And yet... Yep. She has been super anxious, right? She's been feeling yeah. really insecure, really on the edge. And you can see it here. She starts crying. She's freaking out. She is not pulled together well, now, mentally at all. Well, well, now it's also about how you deal with yeah. the pressure, right? Because you could be, you could be the best athlete, but then in pressure situations, it just doesn't click. And now you add in the pressure's getting to her and she's tired. And like, I don't even know. I'd be like, the numbers would all be blurring together to me. Like I could, I could see myself struggling in this because I'd be so tired. I'd be looking at it and I'd be distracted by everything else that's going around me, going on around me. Then add in the pressure. Then I can't even see the board to try to count what's going on because I'd also assume that while I'm counting, I can hear other people counting, and now that's messing me up. Like I can easily see how I would struggle in this. So I wasn't really crushing anyone for struggling. I thought the key in this part was how much you could focus, but then also how your team was reacting to you if you struggled. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a right? very good point. I thought I thought that was an because your team can either be help helping you out or they can be adding more stress to you in the situation. And I felt like for the most part, the US team was adding more like they didn't handle Kara struggling well at all. No, they did not. And even as they leave the station before the UK does, even as they're leaving, mm-hmm. they're picking at each other. Right? Like they're chirping each other, not in a I fun way. So. They're like starting to take jabs. So was Polly talking to them? Was Polly talking to his own team or was he chirping the UK team on his way out? That part I couldn't really tell. I know he was like, really? You guys can't even do math? But I couldn't tell if he was talking about his own team or if he was talking about the UK team that they were leaving in the dust. I'm not clear, but what was clear was that Ashley immediately said, Polly, cut it out. Yeah. yeah, so did Leroy. So did Leroy. Meanwhile, totally. who was struggling um, from the UK team to get their math problems done? Well, D and D and Rogan. And Rogan was kind of freaking out as well. We could tell and he said it this in his confessional as well. He was more nervous because he felt like he was letting his team down. Like he wasn't really figuring he wasn't 
I'm sure he was struggling with the math, but he was also just struggling with the fact like, oh no, I'm choking, I'm choking, I'm choking, I'm choking. And I think that part of it was getting to him more so than, you know, in his surroundings, you know, in terms of seeing the other team, like, oh no, we're out, we're leaving, we're gone. And the fact that he was like the last one there, I think that part messed with Rogan more. But he seemed calm-ish for yeah. the most part. No? And he got it done and D got it done. Um, and they're on their way. They're trying to catch up by just being like keeping a good pace. Meanwhile, the Americans are falling the <laughs> fuck apart. <laughs> right? Like this is this is where the wheels yeah, come I, off. Well, there's there's a couple things here, right? I thought it was a tale of the two teams. A perfect example. The Americans are trying to go and they're just like, go, 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 go. Where when they cut to the UK team, CT's just like, hey, man, we're good. Let's just go at our own pace. We got lots of time to catch up to them. This is not a big deal. A lead at this point, whatever. Let's just keep going at our pace. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was so it was so right. Focus on what you're doing and the rest will take care of itself. And I thought that, you know, in that point, you're keeping your team calm. And, you know, at this point, you mentioned this is where, you know, things fell apart for the U.S. team. And there's a couple factors here to keep in mind, because I want to ask you who you think should get the blame, because coming out of this part, they switch. Zach comes off. Mm -hmm. Right. Ninja and Kara go on. And so now you have Ninja, Kara, Paulie, and Leroy. How does that make sense as that's going to be the next group that you put out there? Yeah, that is their worst possible lineup. Because in my mind, what the Americans have to do, they have to do two things in terms of like figuring out who's going to carry the gurney and who's not. The first thing that they have to do is that, unless it's for the final push, Leroy and Zach should not be carrying it at the same time. Hmm. Or if they are, like we said already, one at the front, one at the back. Second of all, you want to hide your weakest players, which means don't put Kara and Ninja on at the same time. Exactly. But here, here's my other thing, though. You have to, again, you have to strategize who are your stronger people, right? So it's pretty obvious, would you say, that Zach and Leroy are clearly stronger yes. than Polly? Who he... So why would... Go ahead. Why would Zach get a rest before That's Pauly? a great question. Like, wouldn't it be evident that Polly would need a rest? Yeah, but who's going to tell Polly that? And so here's a point also that I want to make. May, I might have to go back and rewatch this, but Polly says that Ninja is struggling, so he jumps in to help. Like, I thought Polly was in the <laughs> middle of a break. Like, that's the way I read this scene, and that he jumped in to help. You mean, hold on. No, 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 no. Like, as soon as they leave, as soon as they leave the, the math checkpoint, Polly is on there. Polly is on there. Zach's not. So Polly stayed on. Okay. As soon as they leave the checkpoint. So again, Kara finishes, right? 
she finally finishes after like i mean almost losing it and shouts to sorry to to sidebar here a bit but shouts to jordan and ashley and their confessionals because they're really oh yeah funny they're at this point. like ashley's like you're in your ninth final and you can't do math <laughs> like what is what is happening and it's a precursor to what's gonna happen and i also thought it was just funny that Kara's uh answer was zero yeah. i also thought that was kind of funny um but yeah right from the beginning it's Polly and Leroy at the back and Ninja and Kara. And again, same strategy as you mentioned. Ninja and Kara are the weaker people. Ninja and Kara are the shorter people. And you put them at the front. So now Leroy and Polly are carrying it. But now it's like, do you know what I mean? And you got to think too about it's not even just carrying it on flat ground. The people at the front, they got to turn. They got to duck down. They got to. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's huge. And now you have your two arguably weaker people. Like, I don't know if Ashley's stronger than Kara or Ninja. But either way, it should be Cam with one of yeah. those people. Absolutely. No? And as we keep saying, Zach and Leroy, if they're carrying the gurney at the same time, one should be at the front, one should be at the back. In other words, then you have one of the women at the front and at the back. Right? Like, you want to keep them physically as far apart as possible as well. Totally agree. So, totally agree. It's just, it's it's a key point I had to bring up because we're keeping on. I think it's important to continuously monitor the decisions being yes. made here and why we saw the downfall of the U.S. team in episode one. Yes. Yeah. The Americans are yelling at each other, um, as you said, mainly getting frustrated with Kara and Ninja. And the Brits catch up. They're right behind very, very easily. easily. And the Americans, it's now on a narrow path. And Polly is now at the back of the gurney. And he's so set on being a dick to the Brits and blocking their way that he's shoving Ninja into Ashley, who in turn is going into the bushes. And Ninja's going into the bushes. Like he, <laughs> like what the fuck is he thinking? Yeah. And there's a turn there's a point where the Brits see their opening, they go by, and CT goes, choo-choo, train coming through, and he shoves the entire American team into the bushes, one-handed by himself. <laughs> I know I know it was a stupid thing to do. They get, the Brits eventually get penalized for this, but we talk a lot about how the most impressive thing in the history of the challenge is the infamous Johnny Bananas backpack where CT carries a struggling 180 pound man and Johnny Bananas on his back but yeah shoving what 600 pounds of people and weights one-handed while he's carrying a gurney is maybe more impressive to me like I know they're already off balance but to <laughs> shove Four people and like, I mean, Polly estimated that it weighed 300 pounds, the gurney, because he said he was 150 and the gurney was twice his weight to shove at least 600 pounds over one handed while carrying something else. Like, that's incredible. Like, did, 
also not yeah. missing a beat, right? Like, it's not like they stumbled past or anything like, like that. In all seriousness, what did you think of that as an athletic feat? Because we know competitively it was stupid. But athletically, what did you think? I thought it was also yeah. just funny. And, you know, I was more impressed at, like, that being the reaction to Polly just really being yeah. a jerk. Because Polly probably was wasting more energy trying to stop them from passing him as opposed to just letting them go past and worrying about yourself and worrying about your team. Because as you mentioned, he's also shoving Ninja into the bush, which also means you're shoving Ninja's balance off, which is now adding more weight to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no. So that also made no sense in terms of what Polly was doing. But also the U.S. team is also just making no sense because they're struggling. At certain points, you see Leroy just carrying it by himself. Then you see Polly just carrying the back by himself, and he's yelling at Ninja because he's carrying the whole thing. And I just never saw those strategies in terms of like, you know, Polly and Ninja at certain points were like lined up back to back, not back to back, but uh, like one in front of the other. Right, which kind of seemed really awkward as if like they were in the middle with the bars on their yeah. shoulders, which clearly wouldn't work because it's too wide and no one's shoulders are that wide. <laughs> but it, it, you could see them just like struggling, and that's what kept slowing them down. And at another point, they tried to carry it in terms of having the their arms, like their body in the middle, and them just carrying it. That didn't work. But all these adjustments that they're trying to make just gave the UK team enough time to catch yeah. up because they just kept up at their own pace. And the funny thing, too, while Paulie is like chirping them, Jordan's yeah. just laughing, which is the perfect response. <laughs> I, totally. But he throws them into the bush. Paulie is such <laughs> a jerk. It's so funny. Like, he pushes them into the bush. Like, what are you doing? And she even says, Polly, stop. You're throwing me off. And then Kara says, Polly, stop. And he's well, not listening. And what a great, what a great like, way know. to twist the ankle of one of your teammates. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't a smart move. And, again, I'm going to – and I know what happens to the UK team for sure. But I also think CT did that kind of, like, as a mental move – more so than an actual, like, hey, strategy, I'm going to throw them off and drop them, right? Because, again, I feel like for the most part, the UK team was worried about what they were doing, the pace that they mm -hmm. were on, and not really focused on what the, U the U.S. were doing, whereas clearly the U.S. was all about, hey, we got to, well, not the U.S., Polly was all about, hey, we got to stop them, we got to stop them. But, so yeah, CT pushes them which makes the UK get off to a, a great, you know, great little boost. But I have a question. When did the penalty come? The penalty came after the next yes. checkpoint? Okay, so let's get to the checkpoint first, and we'll okay. talk about the penalty. Yeah, let's get to the next checkpoint, so and the we'll next, talk the penalty. And at I'll the make next checkpoint, then. they have, uh, they each uh, competitor has three coconuts, that they have to try to throw into a basket. If they make the basket, they get to move on. If they do not make a basket, they have to eat classic gross uh, challenge food. In this case, a scorpion 
and a live grub in a shot glass. As I always say, eating bugs or gross shit is where I would do badly on this show. Like, I'd have a real problem with this. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. I don't know how I would do. I feel like, in my mind right now, I feel like I could do it. But actually put in the moment, I don't know. And the one thing for sure that would weird me out was the the thing that was moving. That's just gross. That, I don't know if I'd be able to just down. And it was super funny to me. I know we're talking about the UK team being there right now. But eventually, because it does take a while for the US team to actually get there. I thought it was funny how Zach was the only one that's like, wait, I can kill it, right? And then eat it. (laughs) Like, that's a great call. Because the first thing I thought was, wait a second. So you swallow that thing alive. Like, isn't it just going to be like crawling around in your stomach? Well, Zach made that point. But like, stomach acid can eat through like floor tile. So anything that lands in your stomach is fucked. But... It would be alive okay. until it got down to your stomach. That's, yeah, that's kind of gross. Okay, but, I mean, I still wonder, I definitely don't think I'd be able to shoot that. Like how they were downing yeah. it as a shot. But the one thing is, you just got to close your eyes and go. And I thought the funniest part, going back to the team aspect of it, and how well the two teams were working together, I thought when D was struggling and Tori just kept yelling, it's a chicken nugget. It's a chicken nugget. It's a chicken nugget. <laughs> I thought that was such good teamwork, right? Cause you're just helping her out. You're just making her brain think of something else, but you're not, you're also not getting mad at her no. for struggling. Be- and that to me and is, that so is I mean, we've spoken for weeks now about the benefits of having Jordan and Tori on the British team. Tori's a great athlete. But she's also really likable and nice and consistently likable and nice to everyone. So it's not even out of character. It's not like Dee is going to have in the back of her mind, oh, Tori's just being nice to me because she wants me to get this fucking done. It's that she's going to be like, yeah, that's Tori. Tori is always nice. You know what I mean? Like it's consistent. And I know exactly what you're saying because I also wrote down because while this is going on, the UK, the US team is struggling. They take another rest, and it's because Polly is gassing yep. out, right? And I want to say there were two scenes, maybe even three, that while the UK team is eating, Polly is like, I need another rest, guys. I need another rest. And Zach, piggybacking on what you just talked about, Zach in the beginning didn't get mad at no. him. Zach just said, Hey, man, at least if you're going to drop it, drop it carefully so that you're not spilling everything which is a great point and he said it calmly he didn't even say it like a jerk yeah in the beginning but further to your point that you just made you know the next time it's not gonna be like that whereas with tori as you said you know that it's genuine you know that she's just being cool peoples but zach in that moment he tried i give zach credit for trying at least so the brits take off They've got a huge lead. Yep. The Americans get there, but really struggle again with Kara. Kara just cannot gag it down. And Ashley, in confessional, yeah. is disgusted. And she's like, You've been on the you've done nine finals. Like, shut up and do work. Those were her exact words. 
it, in every final yeah, consistent Yeah, you know eating. what it's about. Like, you've been here. Like, stop being dramatic. And I think that's one of the big problems, again, that the Americans have, is they have a lot of dramatic personalities. Even Zach, mm-hmm. who I quite yeah. like on this season, he's a dramatic person. No, totally agree. And with even all that said, I still think they handled it a lot better than I might have mm-hmm. in that situation. Because Polly and Kara were the ones running the whole show. Polly and yeah, Polly and Kara were the ones running the whole show, but also just talking such a big game. And so now to be in the final again, if you're Kara, and we talk a lot, John, about how oh, well, if you can't swim in between shows, go swimming, learn how to swim. Oh, if you can't run, you know, train more, come back into this season. I don't know where you can go to eat bugs or eat like gross shit. Bugs might be difficult, but you can definitely figure out a way to just eat crazy ass shit that tastes terrible. Absolutely. And one thing that I always, that if I were in their shoes, I would keep in mind is the producers of the show aren't going to give you something to eat that would harm you. Right? Like they've done their research. Their insurance won't let them give you straight up poison. Right? It'll be unpleasant. And you even heard some of the Americans say, the scorpion doesn't taste that bad. (laughs) Right? It's just the thought that it's a scorpion. But it like... which also makes Tori, it's a chicken nugget, it's a chicken nugget, yeah. make more sense. <laughs> so the Brits are chugging along, they're doing well. And who should they find in the middle of their path but TJ, who says, hey, we made it clear that you were not allowed to interfere or uh, with your opponents. CT, we've rolled back the tape. Mm-hmm. You clearly made physical contact with the American team. We have to hold you for 10 minutes. You have a 10-minute penalty. What did you think yeah. of this? And he... So, two things. One, I thought, you know, first off, CT's upset. He's mad at himself. He thinks he costs himself. And this is how good of a team he has. The rest of his team is just like, CT, man, it's okay. Don't worry, man. It'll give us a chance to rest. And he's he's the one that's like, no, forget rest. That could cost us a quarter of a million dollars, right? And it's like, he's yeah. not wrong. Do you know what I mean? And it was just an interesting dynamic to see that even in that moment, their team was still working well together, even though it was blatantly his fault. And he was the most upset at but himself. But he, did he didn't take it right? out on anyone. No, not at all. Not at all. But the second thing is, didn't Polly mess with them first? A, n- so where's where's the line only, here? Like I know Polly didn't. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say like, didn't Polly the whole thing when he was trying to block them off? Like, what's the difference? So what's the line here? Because Polly made contact. He just isn't as strong as CT. <laughs> but if he was, if he was as strong as CT, it makes me wonder like, wouldn't he have done I the same also- thing? Like, is CT being penalized for just being stronger than Paul? But as I noted earlier, between the first and second station, when the U.S. passed the U.K., they really bullied by them. Like, there Mm -hmm. was physical contact. So 
Like yes. it's not just Polly purposely trying to keep uh, the American gurney in front of the Brits so they couldn't get by, but the Americans really did like bump past the Brits. I totally agree, which leads me to my conspiracy. Oh theory. shit! So as a producer, I'd be watching this and I'm like, okay, they're crushing them. Like it's not even close. They're beating them by a lot. Now, we were going to let this slide because both teams did do it, but you can't argue that CT was a little bit more egregious than what the U.S. team did. So we could get away with giving them this penalty to at least make it closer. Plus, also, it's just more dramatic to have TJ just pop out of the bushes and stop it and be like, wait a second, guys, (laughs) 10-minute penalty. Like, it just added some more dramatics. And so I wonder if, as a producer, you you see what's going on and you're kind of like, okay, this is getting a little too out of hand. Let's try to even things up a little bit. Yeah. It's conspiracy theory. Only more fueled by the fact that after said 10 minutes, the, UK, the U.S. team is still nowhere yeah. in sight. <laughs> so how far ahead were they? Right? Like, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. The... At this point, the Brits, Team UK, is absolutely fucking crushing the U.S. And the number one reason why they're crushing the U.S. is that Polly is on death's door. (laughs) He can't he can't carry it anymore. In his own words, he like they had Leroy and Zach do the carrying um, and in his own words, he couldn't see the trail. And he's basically on the verge of passing out. He maybe passes out. He's certainly lying on the f- ground. Yeah. And here, here's the thing I don't understand, uh-huh. okay? So, don't get me wrong. They're all tired. It's super hot. It's super hard what they're doing. It's extremely difficult. So I'm not doubting that at all. But how is it that he's the only one that is that fucked up like Leroy. Okay. So Leroy didn't take a rest yet. Right. Which is what, uh, someone brings up at the point. I think it was Ashley. Ashley was like, Leroy's done the exact same as you have. Right. Because him and Leroy were the only ones that have consistently gone from the very beginning, carrying their gurney at least. Right. We're not even talking about the UK team, but Leroy's just like, I'm good. Let's go. Mind over matter. I'm tired, but I'm trying to get to this money. And he's focused. Like, the extremes of how fucked up Pauly seemed is so far away from what Leroy was. And that part didn't make sense to me. Two, isn't there some form of rest while they were doing these, the checkpoints? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what weren't you using the checkpoints to kind of like gain some more energy so how do you go from doing nothing at the checkpoint right because you're just either standing there and eating or sitting down and eating to you can't even walk do you know what like that just made no sense to me and we skipped over the part where Kara continues to you know struggle with eating and she threw up and she's crying and being all dramatic that it actually even made me question like is she being this extra on purpose like, I know that wouldn't really make sense, but I was just trying to search for 
an explanation because I didn't really understand what was happening because they asked them to do this most base level thing. Can you just carry four bags? Which to me, I think is against the rules. Against no. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to make sure of that, but Paulie couldn't even do that. Yeah. How? At one point when they first picked it up, it was just Leroy and Zach carrying it by themselves, just them two. And everyone else was just carrying bags, which again is against the rules. But how is this possible that this is what happened? Like, Ashley and Ninja and, uh, I guess, Kara at one point Kara? decide to take Polly's bags from him that he should not be carrying because it's against the <laughs> rules. <laughs> like, he can't even, like, I don't want to shame them because they are, like, I think in great shape and impressive athletes. But you're having Ashley and Ninja and Kara and Cam, all of who are smaller people than you, carry the weights. Like Polly said in this episode that he's 150 pounds. He's definitely the largest of those five people. And yet they're carrying all of his weight for him. But also, so they end up stopping like yet again and this is when Zach finally gets mad right and he's like yelling at this point he's saying you guys wondered why I was getting mad about keeping weak players well here we are and sadly but truly I have a revelation here John Paulie and Kara are the weak players they are like that's right so the whole time they were talking about keeping around the weak players well they are the weak players so they were just keeping people on the same bell curve as them, I guess, right? Because this makes no sense to me. Kara struggled mightily, and the only person that looked worse was Polly. which if you told me before this challenge started, I wouldn't have even believed you. But also, the way that the team is handling this, like, Leroy hasn't even said anything. Like, Leroy doesn't even seem that mad, which is stunning to me. Cam was just like, hey, guys, come on. We got to go. We got to go. Kara, you should just leave him. Let's go. Cam's vote was to leave Polly to die in the jungle, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought I know she didn't do it like for like haha giggles. But I thought it was fucking hilarious that she was like, no, leave him to die. We got to (laughs) go. But it was also like she's making a very good point because she's thinking he's going to quit. So if you're going to quit, we'll take the penalty, but we got to keep going. So us all standing here waiting for you doesn't make sense. If you're going to quit, quit, which is actually a great strategy by Killer Cam, no? I mean, dealing with what's in front of you, but it just made no sense to me to see Polly like that. I didn't understand it. And Zach and Leroy having to carry the whole thing on their own made no sense. I mean, what are they going to do with the bags? Like, what's the penalty going to be for that? I have no idea. But essentially, this episode just ends with, I mean, Polly just collapsing by himself. Kara tries to help him at one point. Then she kind of gives up. I was stunned. That's what led to our text message conversation where I just, I think I sent you just all caps that said, what am I watching right now? (laughs) Right? Yeah. So I don't know, man. On that note, that was I was live tweeting tonight. As most of our listeners know, 
we listen to the we usually watch the show in the morning and record the podcast in the morning but it just so happens that you and I were able to record it pretty much live so because I was yeah. live tweeting I tweeted how are the Americans not being penalized for carrying these bags because TJ is very clear okay so we got some responses that I'd like to read out and I want to say I had so much fun live tweeting. I only sent out like five or six tweets, but everyone was all in, like all of our listeners. It was really fun, really fun responses. So let's start. We're just going to do this in real time. Yeah. Holly, no, shoot. Holly I'm McNeil, in. who, like you and I, is a graduate of Centennial College. She went to sports journalism school, like me. She makes the point. With that weird ADR at the top, it has to happen, right? Okay. And I said, yes, That's it's Chekhov's gun, which for those of you who are not familiar with writing parlance, <laughs> Chekhov's gun is a uh, <laughs> phrase that means if a gun is mentioned sitting on like a table in the first act of a murder mystery, it will be used by the end of the play. So in other words... The fact that we had that, the point that Holly's making is that the fact that they had clearly a voiceover from TJ when he's explaining the rules mentioned that they weren't allowed to carry the bags means that it's going to come up, Ah. right? Like they wouldn't have gone to the lengths of doing the voiceover if it wasn't going to come up. Mm -hmm. Heather, uh, which is Heather with three R's underscore 27 says... I think maybe they were given an exception because the gurney is breaking. I was wondering that too, though. And what she's alluding to is the American gurney is falling apart. And in part, I think it's because Polly kept dropping it when he demanded breaks. I'm dead serious. <laughs> That's not even a chart. Which Zach yeah. kept pointing out. Like, no, totally. Which is what Zach kept pointing out when he was being polite in his comments to Polly yeah. early on, right? When Polly's like, hey, man, I understand you need a rest, but at least be careful with how you're yeah. dropping it. Uh, JT, JT Bobcat tweeted, maybe once they get to TJ, he will have them sit, which I think JT's right. Like, I think that's the most likely outcome. You mean like when they get to the point where CT and them exactly. just got theirs? I, I also okay. think, and okay. you can speak to this, you would know better than I would. Yes, obviously there is a camera operator following the Americans. Probably two. Maybe a sound person. Although, okay. and a think, producer. that's my question. Is there a producer with them? Definitely. Definitely, yeah. And I mean, maybe in this instance, because, I mean, different workplaces are, are different now in terms of how you staff right and like d- different industries if you're unionized you can only do one job like for example right like some broadcast you can't be a producer and right. an editor right you're only an editor but in most places you're freelancing and you could be a producer and a camera person so on some level one way or another i would assume that there is a producer with them maybe that producer is also being an audio person maybe that producer is also being a camera person, but without a doubt, they would definitely be a producer following one of the teams with one of the camera crews, for sure. Okay, because my question was just, or my thinking was that, 
maybe the producer in charge is not with the Americans and they're waiting to radio or get in contact with that producer mm. to then turn around and say to TJ, hey, we have to penalize the Americans. So I just scrolled mm-hmm. back. I turned on the episode and scrolled back while you were doing a, a wonderful job in taking <laughs> comments, by the way, and, and uh, reading topics and all that fun stuff. And TJ actually says when he's breaking it all down, he gives the explanation of the gurney and he says, you may not have anybody carry the bags. Again, you may not have anybody carry the bags and then says, you guys have to carry the weight on the gurney. Explicitly says in the rules. Oh, sorry. You have to carry it on the gurney as it was given to you. If you break any rule, you will get a time penalty. So, oh, and listen up. If anything happens to your gurney or it breaks, you won't get a new one. There you go. So, and that's when they went into what we were talking about before, right? If you intentionally damage the opponent's gurney in any way, you will be penalized. Or the team that gets it done first, yeah. So that's where I thought this was all going, right? Because I thought, that's a weird thing to say. Like, if you try to sabotage the other team's gurney, I was like, okay, that's... Or, oh, oh, I just thought of this. What if, what if they say the gurney broke when CT pushed them? Yeah, I don't think it did. Because they, they didn't, like, they didn't drop do it or I. anything. I'm, but, like, I think I. that's the sort of situation they were trying to anticipate. Ah, hmm. Interesting. But what if they're carrying the bags and they would be disqualified for carrying said bags, but they said we had to carry them because CT broke our Well, I still think, I mean, they were able to, they were able to carry the bags on that gurney for at least 20 or 30 minutes after CT pushed them. At least 10 minutes, right? And like the for the sure. reason why sure. that they gave for having to carry it is that Polly can't carry the gurney anymore. Like they're <laughs> explicit in that. Yeah. True. Um, True. I guess I'm just trying to to give them some kind of, you know, plausible explanation for such a terrible performance. <laughs> uh, Daniel Burrito, I doubt I said that right. B u r a t t o. Barato? Barat? I don't know. He he was on fire tonight. He said, I'm still waiting for Kara to complain that it's not fair they have more people but are at a disadvantage. (laughs) He also said, in response to um, me ragging on Polly, he said, Polly tried to be the MVP but ended up the LVP. Could have been editing, but the producers seemed to let him fall a lot before acknowledging there was a problem. <laughs> well, I mean, I would assume for safety reasons, and they got a pretty good test in this from last year's yep. final, right? Where, what, three or four people didn't yep. even finish it? Right? So they had medics standing by, which you know they always do. But in this instance, I mean, Polly 
I mean, let's go back to last year. We legitimately saw Georgia get loaded onto a stretcher, and she wasn't even making yeah. sense. Like, she was speaking, like, not forming sentences, not coherent at all. So in that instance, clearly you're done, right? Paulie just looked like he needed a rest. Like, he looked like he was collapsing and he was just resting. Like, he still seemed to have his wits, I guess. And, I mean, and Kara's also there with him. But, again, as you said, there's waivers involved. And, you know, there's huge liability in terms of if you're a producer and you're there watching this go down. So, you couldn't. Like, if you were seriously worried for his his health, you have to pull the plug. And you have to, you know, get medics and say, like, Paulie, you're done, man. Like, you, you got to just stop. And maybe that is what happened. Or we'll, I guess find we'll find out. out. But, like, it is definitely to that point where you have to wonder if Polly can continue. Uh, I mean, definitely. My guy couldn't walk. Like, it's not like he was struggling to carry the bags or carry, you know, the gurney anymore. He couldn't even stand up. Like, all they needed him to do was walk. And that's way different than what was going on. Because remember, go back to last year's finale. And they were, like, trying to ride bikes in the sand. Like, they were trying to do, like, a difficult task at the time and couldn't continue, right? All Paulie needs to do here is just walk. Yep. No? Like, am I am I being, like, insensitive here? Am I, like, am I being too hard on him? Like, normally when we see people gas out, they're, like, climbing up a mountain. They're, like, do you know what I'm saying? Am I being too hard on him here? Am I... I I don't know. I found this like super I odd. I found it odd too, for the reason that you were saying earlier, that no one else seems even close to his level of fatigue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the part that was super weird to me too. I totally agree with you. No one else seemed even as close to as fatigued as he was, and that part is super weird. And I don't, I don't get it. I really and, and don't could, get it. We could say like, oh, he kept stepping up and should try to like make up for Ninja struggling uh, or for Ashley struggling. But the Brits were going at a faster pace, obviously, because they're in the lead yep. and don't have that option of switching out. Really? Like they can only switch out one person yeah. at a time. And none of them are in this kind of dire straits. It, and here's the thing, even if you are carrying the more weight, like there's 40 pounds more on their gurney than on the the other teams, on the UK team, again, the reminder, at this point, Paulie doesn't have to carry the gurney. He just has to yeah. walk. And like, sure, it's 40 more pounds, but they like that. That's for competitive balance with the Brits. So, yeah. And as you said, they didn't use their advantage of being no. able to switch out. Not as it's early as they odd. could have. Very odd. What was, what very, was your line odd. of the episode? My line of the episode isn't even anything crazy, to be honest. And I don't know if this, if this will have the honor, John, of being the name okay. of this episode. But it's very early on in the episode. And it just cut to an exterior of the house. And you hear someone sniffing. You hear someone go, you smell that? I smell money. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's CT. He was focused. He was locked in on what was at hand, what was in front of him. I smell money. I liked CT when he made uh, his bucket to avoid having to eat the scorpion. And he goes, buckets, brah. (laughs) (laughs) Just full. That was pretty good. That was Bostonian. Um, I have to ask, though, who killed it for you this week? It's kind of a tough question. Come on. We no, we know it's pretty obvious. There's no MVP. It's got to be an LVP. And Pauly is definitely the LVP, maybe of all LVPs this season. And I know we've handed out a few this season, but this is a pathetic performance. And not because he gassed out, because we've seen people gas out before in finales, right? We know finales are tough. As mentioned, last year, we saw a bunch of people gas out and they couldn't even finish. So it's not even that. And you know what, John? It's not even the fact that as you mentioned just now, no one else seemed even remotely as close to as tired as Polly was in this episode. You know what? It's not even because of that. But I'm going to use an example that I've used earlier on in this season of the challenge, right? And sports fans might remember this reference. Basketball fans will definitely remember this reference. And I go back to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference semifinals, and one Joel Embiid crying as he walked off the court. And do you remember this? Do you remember we had this Mm -hmm. conversation? And I said, you know, I understand people crying in sports. You know, it's a thing. It happens. You put your blood, sweat, and tears into everything, and this is like the highest level you can get to in the world that you might get to in your life. And seeing that trickle away might lead you to be emotional. But my answer to Joel Embiid and my answer to Pauly is that guy can't do that. (laughs) Because when you talk that much trash, when you have so much to say and put everyone down the whole time and talk that talk, you can't be the one to gas out. Someone else can gas out. Anyone else can gas out on your team. If Leroy gassed out, hey man, you know what? Maybe I just can't get over the hump of making it to the finals. If Zach gassed out, you know, man, you know what? I just couldn't hold my own in this. I don't know. But Paulie, he cannot gas out. Not after all the shit he talked to Josh. Not after all the he did to mastermind getting out all these other people that he said were the weak links, right? that didn't fit in on his alliance because he was calling the shots and this was his year to win, that guy can't gas out first. First. Not even gas out at all, but first. Before anyone else. No. Not that guy. LVP, Pauly. LVP. You did not kill it. You got killed. Yeah. That, you know what? That is the perfect note. That is the perfect way of putting it. That... <laughs> He did not kill it. He got killed. There's nothing I can add to what you just said. Polly put in such a terrible performance. And it's like, it's not just him gassing out. It's like I said, the American gurney is all like twisted and messed up. Probably largely because he kept dropping it. It's a very good point, John. Very good point is ostensibly theoretically the leader of the Americans 
he's not encouraging healthy conversation and communication, right? Like he's not showing great leadership. Nope. From the nope. top, he was talking shit about Zach's physical ability to finish this. Z- Zach's just Correct. cruising. Correct. Like he's the one that masterminded getting rid of strong players and targeting strong players. Like couldn't set aside his ego to keep Jordan and Tori on his team. It's all nope. it's all on Polly. It's all and notably, like Kara gets yeah, he built Kara, this team. Gets an honorable mention for being the least valuable player. Because if it wasn't for Polly, she'd be the and worst player. <laughs> like, like, in all seriousness, just judging by how people, just on this episode, how people did, who's doing worse than Kara and Polly? The only contender is Ninja. And Ninja's not doing that bad. She like she had some down moments, you know, like when Polly shoved her into Ashley and into the bush. Yeah. Again, that's on Polly. But like ninjas can't help that she's short, but she she's hanging in there. Like her stamina True. is fine. Cam's doing fine. Zach's doing fine. Leroy's doing fine. Ashley's doing fine. Over on the Brits, they're all doing well, great. The ta- like well, the tape doesn't lie. Kara was crying on both checkpoints because she was the last yeah. one to finish in the eating and in the math one. Right. So, like, I mean, you're totally right. And for that couple to have hated on Tori and Jordan the whole season for no reason and calling them fake and calling them, you know, oh, they want to be the power couple in, in the house. And for you to claim to be the power couple and to show limited power in the finale when it matters most, that's pathetic. That's absolutely pathetic. And on top of that, how do you do that to Leroy? Leroy's such a good dude. Leroy put himself out there for your team, you know, maybe almost damaged his friendships in the house. He tried to bring the team together the whole time, and he actually went on your side against his better judgment. And he's not even mad in this situation. He's just ready to go and try to complete the challenge. And you're going to look at that man and be like, you're you're tired. You're going to look at Killa Cam and be like, you're tired. You're going to look at Smashly and be like, you're tired. You're going to look at Ninja, who everybody on your team just makes fun of, and be like, I can't walk anymore. Nah, get out of here, man. Yeah. Polly should be banned from next season of the challenge. Like the next time that he says, I want to go on the challenge, they should just say, no, you are banned. Well, for you one know season. what? I'm glad you brought that up because oh. okay, I think between you and I, I am more likely to look at spoilers for next season. <laughs> True. Correct. I this do not is look a at very spoilers. minor spoiler. And I think I've told okay. you before, but Polly and Kara are not on next season. Yes, you did tell me that. And doesn't this explain why? It does why? explain why, but also, forgetting this episode's performance, they actually, they've had a pretty good season. Their political game has been strong. Like, we might not agree with how they went about totally. it. Totally. But they have done well politically. They just yeah. picked a bad team. But... One thing that I think is a big issue is that when people mm-hmm. are on this show, 
season after season after season, it takes a mental toll. And I think we yeah. really see it in Kara at this point. And I think we really see it in Polly to some extent that they're not in a great place mentally. And like, they annoy me by moments. Although I have Polly, I've liked Polly <laughs> a lot more this season. But like person to person, I don't want to see people who are in a bad mental place on my reality TV. Hmm. It, it makes me sad. Yeah. And you know, they've obviously had a lot of issues in their personal lives and I'm honestly very glad that they are taking a season off to gather themselves and maybe re-examine what they're doing and just taking a break. Like I think there is just a ton of value in that and I'm glad to see that they're doing that. Like I'm really, really glad that they're taking next season off not just because like i need the break but as human beings for their own happiness i'm glad that they're taking that break i'm gonna ask you a question here and i don't know the answer Mm -hmm. at all i don't again i don't look at spoilers so i don't know what happens next and obviously they do such a good job of editing the next episode on that they don't give it away but is there any chance that Polly and Kara win? I mean, like I'm not saying that the U.S. team doesn't win because obviously the U.S. team could still win because, as you mentioned, maybe day two it's geared more towards yeah the other side, right? I don't know. But from what we're seeing right now, is there any chance that Polly and Kara? I imagine he's gonna have to withdraw. <laughs> Don't you think? Okay. Like, I don't see, given this state, like, in, to be realistic, the, the producers have mm-hmm. to have a medic look at him at this point, right? Like, for insurance yeah. purposes, yeah. The, the medical team has to look at him. Like, there's no doubt in mind. Zach even says he's, Zach even says he's got to leave yeah. on a stretcher. <laughs> like, there's... I mean, if someone is that loopy and that out of it, you you have to, for legal reasons, do something about it. And if that's the case, I think he's done. Like, I don't see how they can be like, all right, yeah, do this again tomorrow. And especially how it ends with him on the ground and they subtitle the producer saying Polly's down. So I th- I think he's done yeah. and like does Kara have like what's Kara's decision? Okay, your boyfriend is getting carted off. Well, the other key point to remember, right? Cuz as you mentioned, they don't just say something for no reason. We know that TJ says for both teams he only has room for four people on each team for the yeah. next part. So that's a key fact. That's a key point right there. And if we're going along with this, you could see Kara being like, you know what? I'm going to go with Polly. We're out. Yeah. You guys go on. Maybe. I mean, that might be the stand-up thing to yeah. do. No? Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, where can the good people find you on social media? 
please, people, I beg you. There's so much going on in this episode that I said to John, I, I can't even believe what happened. So I'm here for all the takes. Hit me up <laughs> on the mentions on Twitter at Shell Alexander or on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And there's so many comments and stuff. People already going in and commenting on the challenge. And I don't know this for sure because I feel like either Wednesday nights the Raps have been playing for the majority of this season. So I've been in Raptor land, but the challenge currently, this is hours after, the challenge is still the number three trending topic in Canada right now. And the Leafs yeah. play tonight. Jason Spetz is number two. Dwight Howard is number one in Canada, trending topics. So clearly this struck a nerve with some people. Hit us up. We want to hear from you for sure, and we'll read some of those comments next week. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hill. And I want to give a special shout-out to longtime listener Rob Tenniswood, who sent me a string of messages on Instagram during uh, tonight's episode. He had assumed that we were watching it in the morning. So he says, incidental contact, no flag on the play. And then in brackets, this will make sense when you watch the episode in the morning. (laughs) Merry Christmas to you and your Sheldon Alexanders. And a happy Festivus for the rest of us. And I want to give a shout out to Rob in particular because I guess it was two episodes ago of You Killed It. I jokingly suggested that people follow me on Vivino, the wine app. And Rob started following me on Vivino. So shout out to Rob, my fellow (laughs) wine snob. That's incredible. That is very funny. And until next week, this was You Killed It. Uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. As you were saying that, sorry. I'm only interrupting because this is pretty funny. But someone, so you were mentioning Instagram, right? And you were like, hey, someone hit you up on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. So I don't really check my, like, DMs on Instagram that much because obviously I don't get, like, I'm not posting like dope pictures on Instagram or anything like that. So I don't have like, I tiptoed around what (laughs) I was going to say. And so that sounds kind of messed up, but just know that it's better this way that I stumbled in instead of saying (laughs) what I was about to say. But anyways, point remains. I go to my, I go to my messages or message requests on Instagram and I see this, (laughs) this message that seemed very timely. And this is from someone named, Oh, sorry. I know who this is. I'm not going to say their name, though. They go, yo, dog, are you on a podcast called World of Worlds 2 Recap? I'm watching it, and I can hear your voice after 15 minutes and was like, is that Sheldon? (laughs) I want to come on if this is you. That show is my favorite show of all time, and I don't even really like reality TV. Wes and CTR are my boys, and, and my girls cook Emily... Jenna are my favorite girls. <laughs> that is completely random. Uh, key question, completely do random. I know this person? Uh. No. 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 Not a not a northern not a northern person. Um No, you you would not. I don't that think you would. That is still funny. <laughs> that is super. Uh, so let me re, re- <laughs> The challenge, it brings people the together. Let me begin again and say, until next week, this was You Killed It.
You killed it. Everyone except for Polly and Carl.